What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, a brand new episode of Hollywood Tales from Jam in the Van Studios. My name is Ahmed Ahmed. Here's my co-host. Blake Barty. How's it going? And uh, if you had never been to Jam in the Van, um, it's a really, really fun multiplex. I'll tell you about it a little later, but I want to introduce our awesome guest, Brandon Johnson, in the house. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Both um, you guys are great. Brandon and I met, I'll just get right into it, Brandon and I met... Um, so we run the, uh, this little comedy show at a place called Cruiser's Bar. It's in Huntington Beach. It's 215 Fifth Street, Huntington Beach. It's a cool little Chicago-style sports bar, and they have a little stage with a sound system, and we just started doing stand-up comedy there on Thursdays. And Brandon walked in one night, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he can stand or not. It's going to go out of, out of frame. He, he's tall. You were six seven, six six. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't be here. I was six seven. What are you six six? Six five. Are you, you know, six five? Six five. For some know. reason, I'm six two. But when I stand next to you, I'm like, you know, you're, I just I feel like you're much he taller. Carries himself. It's the it's Maybe. a dark shadow. You know, it's like a dark. <laughs> you know, it's the shadow, the darkness. You just don't know where I'm at. And you were kicking it at the bar, and I think maybe you were talking to a girl. I had a girl with you and some friends or whatever. But I remember I was shooting my shot. You know, I, I was. Applications, just filling out applications, you know. <laughs> he he was watching the show, and I guess somebody told you that I ran it, and I and I walked by you, and you go, you go, yo, I want to go up, <laughs> <laughs> just like that. I remember that night. You were a little, you were a little tipsy. No, I, was, I, I loved. At first, at first, okay, at first I was off put by like the confidence, you know, but then I was just like, all right, this guy thinks he can handle himself, because I said, I think I said, you know. I, I I asked I can't remember what I asked you, how many times have you you know have you done stand up before or something like that, and I was just like you know what fuck it because the Cruisers comedy show it's kind of like a little bit of a, it's free to get in and it's a little bit of a it's a bar show so it's kind loose. of it's, it's loose. loose it's a little bit of a shit show sometimes, um, and then you went up and you killed, like you had a really good set and I was like wow this guy like can handle himself uh, as a comic and so from that point on that was your what second first second time. That was my first time. That was your first time? Yeah. See, so you lied to me. Yeah, that was my first time. <laughs> I couldn't tell you that was my first time. I can't go like, yo, I want to just interrupt your show. I got an idea. Give me a shot. You know. I think a- your charisma was kind of what, you know, got me. Sometimes people, you can just tell people like, all right, even if they don't, even if they don't have jokes or it's not funny, there's, charisma can take you a long way. I mean, look at my career. <laughs> I mean. Well, the way you carry yourself, you know, you. Very, uh, no, you got swag. You got yeah. swag. You guys just be real, but like I just don't want an angry six five black man <laughs> in Huntington Beach. <laughs> so how did you end up in Huntington? Oh man, I got a divorce. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah, you were married. Yeah. Well, it was short, you know. Mm. I mean, she she didn't like me or some of my ideas and it was just better to Where were you before Huntington? Newport. Oh, so across what, the street. And what about yeah, before that? What about before Newport? I was in the Central Coast working in the aerospace industry. So San Luis Obispo. Oh, so you, but you're California born and raised. Absolutely not. Chicago. Oh, South side oh Chicago. that's right. Yes. You told me that. When did you get to Cali? Oh, man. I've been in Cali like nine years now. Oh, okay. Nine I love years. Chicago, man. Aside from the winters, that's like one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world. That's food. a fun city, man. The culture, you know what I mean, and mm. it's, you can walk around anywhere and just run into it and bump into that energy, right? And you were you were on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, was that a little bit more rougher than like the, the sort of suburban neighborhoods? Or? Well, I am actually I can say Joliet. You know, I don't mm. know, want to date myself, but the Blues Brothers, Joliet, Jake. Okay, I'm from Joliet. Okay, so it's actually south of Chicago, but no one knows Joliet. Um, 
but growing up there is equivalently to being in the south side i mean it's majority black you know and things like that right segregated like everything else you know based on demographics and you know financially where we're at and were you did you have um do you have siblings yeah i have a sister my dad was married twice for my mom kind of a little bit of a rolling stone so i have eight sisters total Oh, you know, I mean, nine, including my full yeah. sister. Yeah, married twice. Yeah, he met I my... have I have four sisters, <laughs> and I thought that was a lot. Nine? <laughs> Two sets of twins in there, so Bro, I have one you, brother. You... <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Do you all get along? Uh, let's just say we talk when we have to talk. Right, right, you know? right. I'm the, I'm, I'm the black sheep, literally the black sheep of the family. I'm the only one. I have an uncle in Long Beach. You know, right. I'm pretty close to my uncle. So you, did you, so let's just talk about, let's fast forward to your producing side. Okay. Right. So you're working as a producer now. Was that something that you thought you always wanted to do or did something lead you into that? Oh man, I I enjoy entertainment. Like I enjoy movies and it's producing is such a thing where you're like, I don't think I can I can do this. I wouldn't even know where to start, right? But when you're here, you have friends that are inspiring actors and actresses and they're saying they're in the industry and you don't know what's going on so i had a few bucks and i'm like hey i'm going to invest in this project right? what were you doing before that working in the aerospace industry managing the profit and loss sheet so p l so and what was your you got a, what was your you went to college yeah i actually finished with a degree in criminal justice oh interesting you know hollywood tales got a good one you know mav carter is lebron james executive producer and business partner okay i went to college with him played basketball with Which him school Western Michigan University. Oh, okay. And then Mav walked out of the off the basketball court and our coach was like, That's gonna be the richest dude you've ever met that didn't finish college. And he's probably right. I mean he's doing his thing. I he's mean they there. did space jams. <laughs> I mean they're doing some pretty powerful stuff right. at Spring wow. Hill, right? Yeah. So So you yeah. got a degree in criminal justice. Yeah. And then you went to go work for an aerospace company. Yeah, as, yeah. As a what was it? Program manager. Program manager. Yeah, yeah. Right. So my, my buddy was always shocked that I know how to read and write. And so <laughs> Um, and then I'm pretty decent at math. So it just all worked out and uh, managing people and just the project. So let's say Boeing builds an airplane, right? They are the OEM, right? They're building a plane, but they have to buy the materials to build this plane right. from other smaller vendors. So I've always worked at a vendor for Boeing or Airbus. Got it. Right, You're so like the middleman kind of. Oh, always the middleman. Right. Yeah. Three that's what, that's whatever what it is. Are. I'm usually the, the middleman, you right. know? Shaking hands, kissing babies, <laughs> writing checks. <laughs> and so, then, so you worked for them for what? How many years? Um, about eight years. And then you quit, and yeah. probably had like a little savings to live on. Exactly. And then you went in, and then you. I said, I'm going in. in. Right, going all in. All in, because you started you started seeing the things happen where you're reading the news and they're saying, "Well, we would hire minorities if we had minorities in this position." Right. So I'm like. All right, well, I'm going to put myself in this position, sure. right? And this is an opportunity for me to learn. But nobody wanted to hire me, so I'm like, I can do this on my own. Right. Right? You want to act as well, or you I, do I, act? I would act. I do act. You don't really care about it, acting. Uh, it's, like it's just a, being in front of the camera and playing it, a character. Yeah, that, that's cool, it right? Does, it doesn't spark your It's your cool. I would do it. It'd be fun, right? But I understand what it takes to make a project happen. And I'm all about the greater good, right? So... Let's so just let say. Denzel play my part. Yeah, if it's Denzel, if we can Denzel. get him. To sell yeah, I couldn't afford Denzel. I mean, but I mean, if you want to work for free or a few bucks, I got him, right? So you produced uh, a bit. I'm sound blind. You produced your first 
feature film Correct. recently. Yes. And let's talk about that. What was the name of it again? The Chimera Effect. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, it's out right now or no? No, we actually were in the middle of a distribution oh, There's a deal. premiere you just saw. I saw. Yeah. So it's going around winning awards. We're, yeah. Award, film festivals. We, hopefully we just got in another one here. So tell, tell us how, how you got attached to that. What's, what's the movie about? All right. So uh, let's start with the movie, how the movie came about. So I have a buddy that's a writer. I have two buddies to write, and I say, hey, you guys write this film. I need it to be a small or a single location. I need the locations to be limited, so that's going to save on money there. And I want a female-led film because that's what's hot right now is, is, is female-led films. And I want it to be a psychological thriller, so something that we can, you so know. So no, no story. Basically, you just you checked off a bunch of boxes and said, location-wise, I need this. It, it's funny how you just explained that. It's almost like... It's almost like working backwards. Absolutely. A little bit, you know. So so you let those guys go paint and draw. And so <laughs> then they deliver a script that's like a hundred, you know, every one page is a minute on, on camera, right? And, and why why psychological thriller? Was that your idea? Yeah, because you can insulate it. It's so many people that just saying, ooh, that looks that looks interesting. You know, so get out. Like, get out, right. change the game, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah Inception. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, and so you're not spending all the money on visual effects and right. sci-fi and things like that, costumes. And so... Um, you give you give the writers these guidelines, right? Mm. And so the beauty about it, after the script's done, it goes into the brain trust. And so that's me and the entire producing team, and we just start redlining and slashing, and this is what we need, this is what we can do. And we tie to tighten up the script, right? And once the script is tight, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go get the money now. So let's yeah. go get the money and talk to some investors. So you have people working on spec. Correct. Basically saying, hey, if I get the money, I'll pay you for your work in advance. No, 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 no. You, you, I, I you raise, everyone's paid. I don't owe anybody anything. Got it. <laughs> but once, but once you got the script tight, then you got. You so got once to go I get, get the script tight, additional I then, money. Exactly. Once I have the script tight, I'm right. like, okay, I can sell this because I can look at the script and I can say, all right, it's going to take me about five hundred thousand to produce this, right? Mm. So a $500,000 film mm. in this market with all the online platforms, right? Mm -hmm. Give it time, it's that money safe. Especially if it's something that, hey, I would watch that. It's a psychological thriller. It's and, not and cheap to make. Exactly. Right. That's why like psychological thrillers, horrors, horror movies, that's why they make so much money because they don't cost a lot. Correct, right? correct. And so, uh, so you, where'd you find these writers? Where'd you find this team? So my, my boy was an actor and that's why I said I was mm. always like, Wow, and I just would watch people career and not take the right steps in my mind because everybody think they want something and doesn't understand how they put in the work. Mm. Like Ahmad Ahmad, I want a shot. I want to be on stage, right? And Ahmad, I don't Ahmad, show Ahmad Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> Ahmad Ahmad. I like Ahmad. No, I like Ahmad Ahmad. I met I mean, you're as long as right I, as long as you know I'm what? knowing I'm gonna mess up this man's name. See, you know if I get him, you know if I get him upset, he could blow something up, man. Yeah. Literally, hey, you get right? him, you got a mod of mine. <laughs> He's a mod of So, but it, but it's so many people that saying they want this shot, and they're not doing anything to do yeah, it. They're not doing the work. Everybody's talking right. when they're drunk and they don't want to do the work. So yeah, they the just think I'm. Over and over. I have a lot of friends that do the same shit over and over, and. Uh, but they, but they say to you, like, I can do it, too. But they're not doing exactly. any like of it, right? Do it. It's like stand-up. Oh, I can do it. I'm going to write some jokes for you tomorrow. Oh, that okay. happens. That's yeah, been I'm happening sure. a lot lately, too. I'm sure. <laughs> for some reason, that's been happening a Send lot. Send them over. We'll check them out. <laughs> what, uh, so you go and you raise the money, mm -hmm. right? 
you go and find investors that you, that you know, or like, how does that what, tell walk, the, walk, walk the you know, people through the process of like, yeah, how do you get a movie made? Yeah. So you, what else? so part of it was you got your, you so now, a, now I have a PDF file. I call it because if I say script, everyone's like, my script is worth $3 million. Mm. Right? No, it's a PDF file. Some words on a piece of paper. Right. Mm. I now have to convince people that this PDF, right. I got to monetize this. Now this PDF can make money. So how do we do it? All right, guys, what I'm going to do is my buddy, which is a close friend that I trust that I have a relationship with, he's going to direct it. I'm going to give a minority, a director, an opportunity to see what he can do. Right. That's always a good sell. Right. Right. So that's, that's, that's a sell. Right. Right. And so then now they have to fund you. Well, no, no, they don't have to do anything. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. This is true. This true story is like, so I said, this is, I've been called racist. And so I've, I've been working on myself because this is what I said. I said, they haven't had one white male invest in one of my projects. And this mm. is a fact. Mm. This is a true, it's not, I mean, till this day. Right? So who are you going to? Just black? <laughs> I mean, just no, black No, everyone. But no, just not white people? Every, no, everyone. No, no, no I pitched But I'm saying, but like, who, like, who, I'm just curious. Like, are you cold calling people? Or are, are these, like, relationships that you have with rich people? I'm just curious, like, where? All the, not cold calling, but listen, between, listen to all the avenues we got. LinkedIn, right? right? With link, between LinkedIn, right. uh, social media platforms, just at the gym, people I've mingled with that right. I know are financially in a, in a good position. Right. My buddy was talking about, sorry to interrupt. My buddy was talking about one time, uh, how he pulls chicks off of social media, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And I'm like, if you think you're that good, can you pull anybody off of LinkedIn? I'm sure it's happened. If you can pull yeah. a chick off of LinkedIn, a fucking job. no, but then you can, you have bragging rights. You're like, my bitch got a job. <laughs> She bought me dinner last night. But what are you pulling off LinkedIn? Because you, I mean, the headshots. I mean, you that's work not, on just headshots, yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, come saying. on, that's scary. I mean, that's rolling the dice. I mean, you can that... Nadia. <laughs> so, so you, so you, so through through the network, you find some people that show interest financially. They don't really give a fuck about the movie, right? They just want to see the return, the, the return on investment, right? Most people. Some people are cared. Most people just want to see the return on investment, bro. Is this going to make my money back? Absolutely. Right. But they have to believe that you can do it. Yeah. Right. You have to execute you, it. So, again, I'm walking in, and the only thing I can stand on is, like, hey, look at my career path, man. Like, I manage projects for Airbus and Boeing. Mm -hmm. That's, like, $1.5 yeah, and I got 20 rates. airplanes. Like, you know, I can, I can do this. Like, what's 500K? Mm -hmm. But you'll be shocked. A lot of people are like, no, he, no, come on, come on, come on. So I was like, okay, I'll put my own money into it, and mm. you back some of my own money. You back your bet. Right. And so you're saying, hey, I'm going to put this much in, and you guys match it. Right. And that tells you how much I'm invested in this. Exactly. And then they ask, what do you do for them? And I'm like, no, this is it. Right. Like, I don't do anything <laughs> else. Like, I have no plan B. So this was your first film. Yeah. I invested in some films, right? And they were falling apart because – the creative person couldn't didn't understand the financial aspects of mm -hmm. their decisions. Mm -hmm. Like I had a person invest in the film, walk me through the Biltmore mm -hmm. that we're going to rent a ballroom in the Biltmore and he's going to put a waterfall in it for one scene. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is an independent film. Yeah. Who wants to put a like, okay. Yeah. Who's how in much this does that cost? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But th that's that's where some people start, yeah. 
You know what I mean? So it's kind of like I can control this if I control it, right? Because I see the vision. So if I can show you I can do a $500,000 film and be profitable, what happens if you give me a million? Right. What if you give me two? What if you give me then three? Then you can, you can spend a little bit more money right. on Your production and talent. Did you put him in the film? He's directing it. He had a small Do you have small what, What's his name? Carlos Butler. Cool. Car I'm sorry? Carlos Butler. He's a black man named Carlos Butler. Carlos or Carlo? Carlos. Carlos Butler. Yes. So we can, we'll find him on IMDb. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so dude, congr uh, all right, so hold on. So is the movie, it's not out yet, you're saying? No, it's not out. And tell us a little bit about it. because There is a trailer, though, right? It's a trailer. So well, we I'm in the, the middle of a, yes, I'm in the middle of a distribution deal right now. Um, it looks like I'm going to sign it. As soon as my lawyers continue to work through it, all the details, right? What's and, the premise um, of the film? So it's a, it's a, it's a girl that psychologically her life is like falling apart right? sounds like all my ex-girlfriends exactly right so exactly exactly right so yeah you know justin bobby is from the hills mtv okay. guy from the hills right he's a buddy of mine i've known him about 15 years uh -huh. and, Seen the show, yeah. yeah and i'm like yo you're not you're not doing anything right now come be in my movie you know and here's a six pack and a few bucks and he's like dope b let's do it i will i want to do a film and when you say a few bucks like yeah. i don't i don't want you to disclose how, is it like is it a sag, it's a SAG film, right? Exactly. So that he got more than the minimum. Got he it. didn't get MTV money. Got it. Got it. But got he it. got money. Got it. Okay. That's Put fair. it this way: he's claiming it. Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. claiming okay. it on tax. Everyone, right. everyone's claiming their money on taxes. Right. Right. right? right. So um, it just it worked out where I'm like, okay, now I have a name within my budget. Right. I mean, so I'm offering for one part for one day to shoot. I'm offering like names, like big names. I'm going after like Taraji. Henson. I mean, I'm going after names. I'm like twenty thousand dollars for one day, mm. six hours, no callback. Yeah. Like, who are you? Like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like you hearing these stories and you're living it. And you're like, oh my god! Like, They're this like, is I just saying someone uh, happy birthday for fifty thousand. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. And you're like, we Man. just saw Fifty Cent uh, <laughs> in Miami at a nightclub yeah. a couple weeks ago. I was like. He must have got paid 100K for this. Yeah, Easily. Seconds to walk through and he sung, I think, one or two songs and left. He at least sung. I seen 50 Cent. I went to see 50. And he didn't even get up out of VIP. And he got paid for that. And he that. got paid. Sure. Like, I was like, yo. I want to do that. <laughs> I, want, I want, like, rapper money. I think I got the, I got in the wrong I got in the wrong business, bro. But no. we're doing podcasts. Now we're doing, yeah, no, we're doing, we're doing podcasts. No, okay. So back to it. I had, So I said, no white males ever invested. And I said this because I, I was upset and I went to this this angel investor event and I'm listening to these guys pitch. And of course I'm like the only piece of chocolate sitting in this event. Right. And I'm like, man, like this is crazy. Like this dude just got like 5 million because he can tell you the patterns of where the bees are going. Like, okay. zzz, like the bees, bro. Hey, they're, they're endangered. Right they're now. endangered. Right. He got 5 million. This guy's like, yo, I, I just need, bees are part of the ecosystem. <laughs> you gotta protect the bees. You gotta pollinate. You know what? That's what I should have gotten into. <laughs> Fucking the bee business, man. Fuck. <laughs> Not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> and so I was out of frustration. I said this as I'm driving home to the person that's with me. And so then two months later, she goes, you know, you're racist. You said no white man is ever in I said, but that's a fact. I said, that's not, I'm not, I'm like, I went to an event and I'm watching guy throw money at things. I mean, a sound bar. He's not Sony. This guy pitched a sound bar, mm -hmm. right? Ooh. That does nothing different than any other sound bar, but it's his sound bar. And, it's gonna be better. You should call Steven Spielberg. He wouldn't take my call or my email. He'll take call my him. call. <laughs> get, get Spielberg on the phone. Damn it. So you know Amistad, isn't that? Yeah, that's the, yeah. Isn't the producer black movie. on that one? Yeah. 
you know so it's just it denzel was just, you know I'm, I'm still trying to get you know so many people have so get many De- get me denzel washington call him please don't you know Denzel? I met him once. I met him once. We might be able to throw. I have a that picture. Be the Hollywood tale. I have a picture, Wolf. I have a picture of you. Of Den, me and Denzel. Remember the film Virtuosity with Russell Crowe? So you know who who directed that? Uh, yeah. Brett Leonard? Yeah, Brett Leonard. Yeah, yeah. That's who's a producer on my first film. Oh, shit. And so he's directing. Tell him I said what's up. I, will, I actually had a I got my sad. You know I got my today. sad card on that movie? Duh. <laughs> it's a true story. I'll tell you how I got that part. Here's a good Hollywood story. There used to be this American Hollywood Indian. Tale. Here's a Hollywood tale. Sorry, there used to be this really. Uh, when I first moved to Hollywood, I became friends with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's sister <clears throat> was and still is very spiritual girl, you know, and like she's into like tarot cards and Indian sweat lodges, and she's very, very like very. What do you, what do you call it? She's very spiritual, like on a higher frequency kind of thing, you know. And she used to go to these sweat lodges in Malibu. You drive up in the hills of Malibu, and it was all these like, um, like producers and directors and like, like you know, high up people in Hollywood who would go into this Indian sweat lodge. You know, maybe like sometimes it would be ten people, sometimes thirty. And it's the traditional thing with the blankets, and there's a fire pit, and they put the hot stones in there, and they put the water, and it starts in the sage and the cobalt. And it starts to steam, and everybody starts chanting, and it's like crazy. You start sweating out toxins. People are crying. It's it's crazy. And um, I can't remember what I manifested in there, but when I came out, this this woman, um, I forgot her name. Sadly enough, I'll find it. She was one of the, she was a producer, and we just started talking. And she goes, um, we just stayed in touch. It was just like a friendly thing. And she said, I'm producing this movie. If you want to come in and read for it. <clears throat> so I did, and it was Virtuosity with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Uh, and it, she gave me one line. There's a scene in the movie where Denzel Washington is going to find Russell Crowe, the criminal character, and there's all these news c- cameras outside downtown L.A., big crowd, and I'm standing there with the, with the camera. I was on the, on the news crew, and Denzel walks up to me, and he taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, you know where the studio is? And I go, oh, yeah, 38th floor. Uh, I know a floor the studios on the uh, 38th floor. I made it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> but I, I got the one liners. But I got to talk to him uh, in between shooting. We were coming out of the makeup hair trailer. And I said, Hey, Denzel, I'm a big fan of yours. And um, I watched Malcolm X. He had just done Malcolm X. Yeah. And I said, Man, they were, you were so great, Malcolm X. I heard you read the Koran in order to study for that part. And he goes, oh, yeah, the Koran, yeah, I read it. Yeah, you know, not cover to cover, but I read it. <laughs> yeah, salam alaikum, good to meet you, bro. <laughs> That's my Denzel impression. <laughs> Give me Denzel Washington. So, all right, so you reach out to these people, you get money, you make the movie. This is your first thing that you kind of spearheaded, right? You said mm-hmm. you invested in other movies, but this was more your baby or your vision, mm-hmm. right? And so what's next after you put this one on the bank do you have other projects in the pipeline that you're or you can't talk about them no right yeah now? so we have sleep deprivation coming up and that's what brett leonard he's going to direct ah, it ah, interesting. right how, how, long how did you meet him by the way oh man so um the young lady if that, you don't know brett leonard he's, he's like is he's like a he's a big like action movie director yeah right? he does um virtuosity he did virtuosity um, which i was in 
God, what else has he done? Lawnmower Man. Lawn, that was, that's that right, was Lawnmower, Lawnmower Man. Man. Which also had, who was in that movie? Um, there was a famous actor in that movie. From Bond, from James Bond, the Bond. No, it was a, it was an actor who um, had like a small run of fame. I yeah, his, his name. name. Um, we'll we'll find yeah. it. Yeah, pull it up. So, um, God, I want to say you pull Bronson. Him up? Bronson is his name. Yeah, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. No, because so, now it's bugging me. He had blue eyes. Yeah, he, he was a Bond. <laughs> he looked like no, he wasn't. He was white with blue. No, eyes. he, he looked like Russell Crowe. Actually, Watch. when he pulls it up, you're gonna be like, oh my he god, was, he played James Bond. He or License to Kill. What was it? No, that's that's Steven Seagal. Dude, that movie was fucking crazy. Not Ni- yeah, 1992. That movie was nuts. Who was the actor in it? Or the lead? Jeff Fahey? That's right. Jeff Fahey. Pierce Brosnan? Pri- yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Yeah. Pierce Jenny Brosnan Wright. was in was yes. in the movie? Joffrey Lewis. Yeah, but Jeff but Jeff Fahey Ryan. played the lawnmower man. Yeah. He's he yeah. the villain in the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened to his career? He was like one of my favorite actors for a minute. That shit was well, that movie held up well. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. So, the young lady met Brett when he was uh, on set in Tennessee shooting Triumph with Terrence Howard. Oh, interesting. Right, and so she said, "Hey, I know some guys that are in Huntington Beach that are starting a production company." He's like, mm-hmm. "I'd love to meet them," and we just hit it off. That's awesome. And uh, and he he's like he like gave me a shot. He's like, "All right, here's the script. This is the script. Mm-hmm. This is the script that's gonna like." do something big for you mm. and i'm like cool brett but that's like 2.5 million so listen if i can't get 500,000 out of people like mm. here let me do this one we win some awards and it's just now taken off where like you see the momentum behind all the hard work right and so now it's like i can go in and say i'm a real producer like i have a film that's got yeah. 14 wins yeah and it's got a distribution deal it's going to be on demand and it looks like it's going to be coming out in august and where do you what, what awards did you win Oh man, we won the Cobra City Film Festival. We okay. won the grand prize there, um, and we've won a few more. You know, I mean, I can't even name them all. I mean, New York, we won um, the best feature film out of New York, uh, New York Movie Awards. Um, we just found out we're in the Los Angeles uh, Film. I Festival. can't wait to see it. Yeah, say one that. more time. What's the name of it again? The Chimera Effect. Check it out. So the girl goes crazy. So the Chimera Effect is a real thing. So you ever heard of a parasitic twin? Right? You ever mm. see someone that has a green eye and a blue eye? Yeah, 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 right. So that they absorb that twin's DNA. It's a real thing, mm-hmm. right? So her evil twin is taking over her mind, and she doesn't know it. She doesn't know what's going on with her. Her dad dies, and trying to suppress it. So when her dad dies, trying to suppress it, the evil twin just takes over. And then it just—I mean, this is one of those films where you're like, "All right, we can see what. Let me see what. It's like keeps pulling you. Like, all right, something's off with her. Like, what's going to happen? And then we just take you on a ride yeah. right it's like single white female man oh man it's the story of my life you know it's got me here single white female <laughs> well i mean come on i mean if i said i live in newport and i was married you're like i don't know if he had a sister over there. i mean you know i shot my shot you know married right. again you're gonna be in long Beach. married again i can't afford it you i don't know kids? how you do you have a son oh, okay yeah, you, yeah i think you told me that yeah, yeah how yeah. old's your son two and a half Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's learning to talk and really tell me what he, how he's really feeling about dad. Like, sit, right here, Shrek. You know, right. all the important stuff. Sure, you know? sure, sure. I say to my dog, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So um, let's go back to stand-up for a second, because the first night I met you, that was the first time you went up on stage ever. Ever. See, that's so weird, because you were so cool in the pocket and, like, natural. He was standing natural. like uh, Ron White with a fucking drink in his hand, just slanging jokes. But, no, but your swag and your charisma, and you were just kind of, like, talking about being a black man at Huntington Beach, and it was just funny, and then you got laughs, and people clapped, and then you... You came back a few times, and then you disappeared for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think you were working on your movie or something. Yeah, I was pretty stressed out. And then you came back. You came back to Cruisers. By the way, we do Cruisers Comedy Club every Thursday. It's in Huntington Beach. Come check it out. It's free. And the last few times, so you've probably been up a total at Cruisers, what, like four times, five times? Four or five times. And then you did the Irvine, I'm sorry, the Brea Improv with us last week. So cool, yeah. So that was your sixth time on stage. Absolutely. So this this brother's been on stage six times, and if you were to watch, I don't. I'm not trying to toot your horn, but I'm saying, and and Blake, you too. Blake's been on stage what thirty times now. Yeah, I've been on stage thousands of times, but these brothers are, are like so hungry and young and like ready to attack it. And Super young. but most most people, if you they were to watch you guys, they would be like, oh, these guys have been doing it for like three, four, five years. So, kudos, man. Thank no, you. thank you. Keep, thank you. Keep, thank keep you. doing it. Thank keep you. doing it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Same to you. Same yeah, to you. Man, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Every week, rain or shine. I'll be there. Blake and I were at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club last weekend. Okay. And um, had a little bit of a hiccup the first night. The mic didn't work. Okay. So, thank God it was a small, you know, audience and room, and the acoustics were good. So then I was just doing like black box theater, you know, like talking out loud and with your hands like you're a theater actor. Kind of shit. But you were able to improvise, right? And it, it worked yeah, it out, right? Yeah, it was fun. It worked out, right? It was actually fun. They it was were super fun. receptive to it. To, cool. To be honest, I think the crowd was a little more engaged the first night than the second night when the mic worked. It was a good... The Both nights were great, but the first night, just something special about it with the mic off was kind of... It was different. You know, it's it's interesting because I feel like... From growing up watching comedy to where comedy's at now, you see some things that are similar, but you see a lot of things that are like has changed, right? Who was your inspiration as a oh man, like comedically? I mean, like I used to sneak and listen to Richard Pryor and stuff like that. I mean, we're talking about albums, like flip the album over type deal. Um, And then you know, I love Martin. Growing up, Martin Lawrence was like, you're like, oh my. I mean, you just look at some of these guys and you're like man they were like stellar you know i mean bernie mac you know some of the guys that aren't here even you know um i'm probably gonna butcher his last name but george carlin you okay know? Yeah. i thought it was just so clever like how he would just suck oh, you he in he was way ahead of his time and, too. i mean i watch carlin clips now and i'm just like that shit's relevant it's now yeah. yeah 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 That's he was you know. way ahead of his time but he but he cast the net and didn't matter he he crossed over you know cultures and just and brought you in and was just real well he was a white guy that sounded black <laughs> you know he had that kind of like you ever talk about the thing and he did the thing and like if you close your eyes and didn't know who he was he sounded like a black dude yeah yeah absolutely absolutely Same with blake close your eyes you're talking to blake maybe sound like you know you see my dance moves <laughs> <laughs> so i have a question so when you you guys have done road shows and traveled and, and different demographics. I mean, do you have to adjust how you're going to deliver things or what you're planning on going out there? I always watch the audience because I go up last typically or if I'm doing like a 
show with a bunch of comics. Whoever goes on before me, I always sit in the back and watch the audience, not the comic, because I, w- I want to see what the audience is laughing at and kind of gauge from there, like kind of benchmark, oh, that person did like a dirty joke and they laughed, or that person did a religious joke and they didn't laugh, or they got a ooh and a ah on this topic or whatever. So that kind of allows me to surf through the crowd a little bit with a more heightened awareness of what's going on. That's how I gauge the room. Some markets I've been to where you know what to expect. Like yeah. We were in Naples, Florida a couple of weeks ago, and that's, you know, white, Republican, red I state. Known. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. I was like, he's like, someone called 911 on me here. I'm that's like, the place yeah, where somebody right. called 911 on me. And I went wow. out. It was in Naples, was Florida. my worst night I've probably had doing stand-up. I was just up there just talking. You didn't do that bad. I feel like I did. You, you didn't have a great but set, but you, a, didn't, you didn't bomb. It was an older crowd, and then I have a lot of dating material. And there's, like, people in there with, like, double hearing aids, you know, just old, old. And they don't know what a dating app is. They don't know. So a lot of my dating material was irrelevant, and I didn't realize that. Because it's just been working around Huntington Beach and L.A. and Orange County. Right. So that's the thing is you have to you know you always have to test the waters. Well, like see. a black comedy night and a and like a white comedy night, those would be two different things for sure. You would already know that. Absolutely. But then you, ha- I feel like the only other thing that I've noticed big time was a, uh, like the rich people crowd, like mm. like the Boca Raton crowd. Oh yeah. Mm. Versus just like a just like a, a regular old city Miami crowd. Different. Those the rich people crowd, man. They are. Oh, there's just there's there's man. a title there's yeah. entitlement. I had to I had to kick a woman out of my show in Boca Raton because she kept on talking trash. The only to night me. I didn't record, it would have it would have went viral. But man. there was a journalist in the room who, who I'll send you the article. He actually captured the night perfectly in this article. Yeah. Um, and so everybody picks sides now. So who what side did the journalist go with? Right. With me. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He called, the the article's called uh, Ahmed Ahmed pulling the trigger because I triggered these you know like white women. Uh, twice. You're twice. a brave soul. Well, That's actually a... three times because the two, the one woman in the back mm-hmm. was yelling and screaming and, you know, I she was a problem from the beginning because she was just loud. And um, I was on stage and I said something to the effect of uh, if women want equal opportunity, they should pick up the check equally at dinner. And she goes, no, nah, no, nah. she doesn't listen sure. to the nah, joke. She nah, goes, nah, I'll nah. reach for it. And I go, bitch, if you listen to the joke, that's probably the punchline. I wasn't even done with the punchline. Yeah. I was just like in the middle of the setup. And then, go ahead. Because I was in the back, and I'm listening to her. Okay, <laughs> you're on stage. I'm in the back. So everything he says, first he's doing crowd work, and then she's like, is he being a dick? I feel like he's being a dick. And I'm like, bitch, this is a comedy show. Shut up. And then she keeps going, and she's trying to get people to talk to her. And then she, you did that that joke. And then the second one work. was there were, like, these three cute girls in the second row. <laughs> and I said, what do you guys do here? And they go, we we all go to school. I said, oh, what do you study? One says marine biology. The other one says psychotherapy, whatever. The other one says business major. And I'm like, oh, which strip club do you work at that makes you be able to afford <laughs> for all those rich – or something like that. And it got a huge laugh. And the woman goes, you can't say that. She, she started, goes, you know what? Fuck you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she goes, Fuck you. She just Fuck walks you. out so immensely. Like, and I go, I go, honey, I go, it's time for you to go. Nah, 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 nah. And then I go to everybody. Everybody. Hey. hey. The whole bar chimed in. The whole bar chimed in. Like, it's I got, comedy, bitch. I go, get out of here. I go, one more time. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. And the whole, like, you know, 100 plus people, 150. She left and she gave, as she was walking out, she gave me the double fisted, <laughs> fuck you. Uh. About ten minutes later, there's another white woman in the audience. When I'm, when I'm doing the nine one one story, how somebody called nine one one on me, she goes, 
What'd you say again? Okay, you said, wow, Phil's whatever, like whatever in here. You go, any questions? Just fucking around rhetorically. Right, right, right. And then she goes, any con-, and then you go, any concerns? And, and she goes, she raised her hand and you go, oh, that's that's cool. People don't usually raise their hands that's at polite. comedy shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were being nice. And then she goes, you know what? Like when you talked about 9-11, people, people, those people trained here. <laughs> and like people died and you go what the fuck i didn't do any 9-11 jokes like you just heard what you wanted to hear and she did and she then i said and, and then she kept on like chiming in and, like, said, and I, on I started razzing i said no honey you took it out of context somebody called 911 on me i said are you paying attention to the fucking i said if you're gonna pay for anything at this show pay for, pay for some fucking attention <laughs> jesus <laughs> jesus h allah so then the, <laughs> the husband, husband the husband started going like this wrap, like wrap it up like to me and I go, are you telling me to wrap it up, sir? Now I started, I started, look, I get defensive as a comic sometimes. I'm like, don't tell me how to do my fucking job, right? I've been doing this 30 years. Don't fucking go to your house. Don't ever do that. I would never go to your job and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't do that. Not job. his wife. He's not, it's not, I'm no, not. No, no, no. Now the, yeah, now the husband's. The husband's telling you. He's not telling the wife. He's no, like, listen, yeah. I'd rather fight him than deal with this. So then, so then, yeah, so then that happened. Anyway, the show ends. And we all go over to the bar, and I see that table of white people like get up with the woman who did the nine one one thing, and they walk past me, and you know I'm not as tall as you, but I'm like a you know I'm a tall guy. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think people think I look short on stage for some reason because every time I come off stage, people always go, "Oh shit, I didn't realize you're so tall," you know. And I think they just kind of looked at me, and I just kind of looked at them and gave them like a, you know, I'm cool if you guys are cool, and they just were like, like we'll never come back here. you lost those fans sorry (laughs) yo before we wrap up um what's your instagram and what's your best hollywood tale um my instagram is b johnson cgm charlie george mike yeah yeah best what's your funniest best most dramatic it doesn't have to happen it didn't have to happen in hollywood it could have happened somewhere else but something Hollywood, related. yeah, industry related, Hollywood related, a funny story, an absurd thing that happened, a celebrity sighting. What's um, your best Hollywood? Man, thing? so this is uh, this is a good one. Um, you guys know who Dan Marino is, right? Of course, of course. right? So yeah. I'm probably I'm on my first vacation ever as a kid, and I'm probably like 14 years old, and we're in Fort Lauderdale. And we're at the hotel. I like how you're starting out the story already, like something bad probably happened. And, um, <laughs> and I'm at the pool. You know, I'm a brother that can swim. <laughs> and, and I just um, found out my girlfriend can't swim, and she can't ride a fucking bike. Man, you got really? some work to do. Ivana can't. Like, yeah, I got to do she can't, yeah, she yeah. can't swim. Yeah. She can't bike yeah. or swim. When you start that train, I'll send my son, too. Oh, you can just you get a package deal. She barely saw Forrest Gump. I put her on it uh, two days ago. We watched Forrest She Gump seems for like one of those time. gals who's going to win a triathlon next year because you made fun of her over it. <laughs> oh, she'll do it, too. She's got that little woman syndrome. Like, I got fucking debt, motherfucker. I'll debt. So, um, so, 14 years old, I see Dan Marino. He's at training camp, and he's staying at our hotel. And so I'm like, oh, my and God. You're in Florida. I'm, sorry. I'm in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. Florida. I'm staying. So we're on vacation at the same hotel that he's staying at during camp, training camp. Mm. And so I'm like, oh man, that's Dan Marino. I gotta go get an autograph. He's like one of my favorite. And he was like, I said, like, hey Dan, I had like, you know, a, a napkin and, and you know, a pen. I'm like, can I get your autograph? And he's like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> Damn. 
I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> like it just was like it's such a moment it, of like, a, like that's an after school, that's like a bread out of a movie. So, so probably, oh man, whenever like the Super Bowl was in Arizona, and this is probably ten years ago, twelve years ago, and I'm going to a Super Bowl party, and I'm, it's a Sports Illustrated party. And now I'm like six five, you know. I'm young. I'm, How old are you now? I'm forty one. No, no, no. During when you when you go to the party. Oh, like this. So ten years ago, like thirty, okay. thirty one, okay. thirty. You know. You're, you you grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a couple of drinks in me, and I'm walking into Sports <laughs> Illustrated, and I'm like, oh, it's like Reggie Bush, and da 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 da. And so, like, walking by, my boy's like, oh, shit, that's Dan Marino. And I'm like this, yo, fuck you, Dan. I'll fuck you up. And everybody like, damn, what you got beef with Dan Marino for and shit like that? I'm like, yo, motherfucker wouldn't sign my autograph when I was 40. You don't do that shit to kid, Dan. And he was like, he was looking at me like, he grabbed his drink like, what the fuck is. Yeah, I'm working on like, that. I used the, to be an asshole. Like, what, what is he talking about? And just walked past me, and I'm like, I would fuck Dan Marino up. And then everybody's like. Who the fuck is this dude? Like he just cussed it, and so I don't know if Dan remembers that. Yeah, they they asked me to like go to the other side of the party for a minute, cause it was just I was, so it was just funny. Like so I'm like, hey, you need to treat kids better, man. So that's 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 one of my Hollywood tales. Bro, that yeah. is a great Hollywood yeah, tale. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, you came back to adventure, man. I mean, but I'm pretty sure. Him, but, like, but I'm pretty sure he was like, he didn't think the Luke. He probably has no idea. He probably was like, man, it was just an angry black man. At the, he didn't, he didn't like, know he affected you 15 years earlier or whatever. Absolutely, that happened. You know, that's 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 the sad thing about society is you never know if you you can hurt somebody, not even know. You know, he may have just have been having a bad bad day. day, right? But still, if a you know, maybe you like approached him shitty. I don't know. No, I'm from Joe. I'm from Joliet. I think it's like this is like the Michael Jordan of throwing the football at the right, time. Right, like right, this right, is right. Dan Marino. No, I know. You know no, what no, I mean? No, I, I think he. You know, I always try to treat people with kindness because you never know. Like that kid's gonna grow up to be the fucking president one day, or this person's gonna be this powerful, and you know, and they always you always remember shit. You know, that's some almost like not childhood trauma, but like those memories stick with you, and then you you subliminally kind of keep them, you know, buried. And then and then when you meet when you come face to face with your nemesis or whatever, that's your time. That's your you had a you had a window of opportunity. <laughs> but the but, fact but the fact that you didn't say, hey man, <laughs> you know, fifteen years ago I was just a young teenager and I was I'm I was starstruck. Oh. You, you went straight out, yo fuck me, Dan Marino. <laughs> Yo, everybody, that's been um, our latest episode of Hollywood Tales. Brandon Johnson, thank you for making time, thank my brother. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Appreciate Always. you. Ahmed, Ahmed, thank you <laughs> thanks, so brother. much. I'm on uh, pod, man. My co-host. <laughs> Blake Barty, how's it going? Yep. Um, big thanks to Wolf Ramirez over here running everything behind the scenes. Um, also, cool. big thanks to um, Jake Trainer, Jake Kotler, uh, uh, Dave. Is it Bass? Sorry. Bell, Bell sorry. I just had a brain fart. Dave Bell, the guys, Dave and Jake, who own this place. If you haven't been here, come check out this place. Jam in the van. It's uh, on Motor Avenue between Pico and uh, Venice. It's a multiplex uh, building that's got live music, live comedy, podcast studio. Um, it's a really fun place. They record live music here, too. Go to jaminthevan.com. Hollywood Tales will be on its own YouTube channel soon, so just go to Hollywood Tales Podcast on YouTube soon. In the meantime, you can go to Jam in the Van on YouTube and subscribe there. 
And um, check us out at Cruisers every Thursday night in Huntington Beach. Free show, comedy. Anything else you want to plug? Hey, just check out the movie when it comes out. It's going to be on demand, like I said, either August or October. The Chimera Effect It's also on Instagram as well. The awesome. Chimera Effect movie. We'll, Thank you. We'll throw up a little... At Lake Barty Comedy. Movie poster. Instagram. And uh, I'm at Ahmed Ahmed Comedy on Instagram. A-H-M-E-D, A-H-M-E-D Comedy. And uh, that's it. Peace Thank out. You. See you next Thank time, you. guys. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much. So fun, Thank you so much. Thank that, you so much. That's one of the